Hello and welcome to the Talking Crit Podcast. I am Tenkar. Uh, with me is the venerable Bad Mike. And we've told you yeah. we are trying to grab special guests. We have grabbed the special guest, Alice Pang. Alice, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we're thrilled to have you. If, if any of you ever hang out uh, in the weekly uh, Discord server hangout on, on Tankar's Tavern, uh, Alice frequently pops in. She is she's knowledgeable. She, uh, when, when, and listen, I, I'm a grognard. I don't understand any game probably written after, like, I don't know, maybe 2001. Uh, if I need to understand a game, I think I have to go to Alice because Al- Alice blows my mind with the knowledge of games and Discord. And she's well, she's one half of Babies with Knives. Uh, would you call it a podcast, Alice? What is it when it's on YouTube? A YouTube cast? A podcast? We consider it a podcast, yes. We, okay. uh, and yes, I do all the back end stuff. And by the way, people uh, more likely know me as Lala or Lala Twiddle. So you can call me Lala as well. Well, that works because people don't call me Eric Stina or Eric Stein. Everybody calls me Tenkar, screwed out across conventions. I, w- w- once you've got a nickname, it kind of sticks with you for the rest of your life in this hobby. Yes, uh, it bad, bad Mike's been with me since second grade, so nobody can pronounce uh, Bad Lotto, so it was Bad Mike. Well, I have trouble it's, spelling Bad Lotto sometimes. Uh, I have to double check weird. myself. It's but, crazy. Yes. So uh, as as Mike is uh, oft to say, we we talk crit on this podcast. We talk about stuff going on in the hobby. Sometimes the news cycle lasts a long time. Sometimes the news cycle of certain events lasts is counted in, in minutes or hours. And I'm going to kick us off with one that was from today, uh, and and it got resolved much quicker than I could have ever expected. And that was drive through RPGs deal of the day, which uh, happened to throw in at the end of the item description, uh, all all cops are bastards. Just throwing it in there. <laughs> it's you know? so funny the description. So it was describing everything in the in the deal of the day, and then the last line was all rights reserved. All yes, all right, all cops of bastards. <laughs> so this was uh, now. Now, Rach just sat down. She hasn't heard this story yet. So, Rach, yes, you're gonna hear. You're gonna hear it for the first time. Rach, here you go. So, stark naked neo savages and sanguine city states number four. By the way, numbers one through three apparently don't exist, or uh-huh. they exist somewhere else. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, poetry as game text. Experimental, experimental. Experimental is spelled wrong, so already we know what kind of level yeah. of maturity we're dealing with. A, uh, well, a garish world of environmental, magical, and technological extremes. The world was fractured. Time and space are no longer friends. In this issue, robot nephews and toothed birds, ion blasters, and forgive me, Alice. Dildos, okay. lonely, t- pot- you know what? I can't pronounce this dinosaur's name. P T E R O S A U R. It's a sore, some kind of a sore, a Peter sore. Uh, obnoxious. 
What's that? What did you spell pterosaur? Yeah, pterosaur. Uh, yes, I guess the P is silent. Uh, yeah. Obnoxious yeah. robots and muck. Hyperlink table of contents and return button. Alrighty then. Thirty-two pages, full color. Too many colors, really. Written for succinct fantasy RPGs with saving throws and the usual six stats. For the earlier issues, please check out Violent Media's storefront. All rights reserved. All cops are bastards. So I, and I did a double take when I looked at that because because I check out I check out most of the deals of the day and I went, oh, it's labeled as OSR. Let me see what this is. Maybe I'll highlight it on the blog. And then I see all cops, and I did a, a what the fuck moment. And I really looked at my screen, and I had to reread everything to make sure I was reading what I was reading. And it's... yes. Oh, I please continue. No, no, Alice, please give me input because my my input was almost breaking my laptop earlier. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say so... real quick. It doesn't sound very OSR, but oh well. Go ahead. That yes. whole description. I know it's R anyway, but go ahead, Alice. I'm sorry. Uh, so first off, thank you so much for complimenting me earlier about my knowledge. I really appreciate that. Oh, you, 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 folks, seriously, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke. If I if I have questions about anything, probably written in the last 15 years, it's not based upon uh, the OSR type of rule set. Alice not only knows the rules, but she can explain the rules. I've seen her do it on on Tavern Chat uh, during the Hangouts. And it's like, wow, I feel like somebody's speaking English to me as opposed to me looking at the game and, and thinking it's like in Russian and acrylic. So you. Uh, you're good, girl. Thank you. So regarding what you just read, what it reminds me of is a, a number of months ago before COVID, uh, there was a game, I think it was around Gen Con, that became, um, that for their Gen Con or for a big convention, their ploy was to try and get them to state that their game was so controversial, it was banned by drive-thru. Later on, drive-thru, within about a, a two or three days when they caught on to what was going on, they actually banned it. And some of the lines you used when you were reading that uh, were the, almost exactly the same really? lines from that game. Yes, because it was Maybe. all cops bastards, though that kind of thing. And it was very much, you know, uh, kill all cops. The game was, like, about killing all police. And so, and then it was, like, so controversial, drive-thru banned us, and they faked that drive-through had banned. Oh, I them. remember that. Holy crap! Yes. And so it makes me wonder if this is the same creators under a new name, since it's using the same vernacular. You know what? That isn't that. You know mm. what? That really could Good be. Insight. Yep. Makes it, sense. You know. And here's the thing: there are other releases were releases for Lamentations of the Flame Princess, uh, and they were pay what you want. So this seems to. But now here's the thing, though, with Deal of the Day. Deal of the Day. You have to spend, I don't know, like like fantasy points or whatever, publisher points on on drive-through to get yourself in the hopper for deal of the day. But it doesn't mean that you're actually going to come. You don't know when you're going to come up. It could be two weeks. It could be two months. It could be six months. And you have to have earned publisher points to get there. So they were, play they were playing long ball, you know, if that's the case. And that's very interesting. So uh, my initial response, after, of course, venting, uh, well, before I vented on, on, on my podcast, I actually typed out a polite email. And I know folks are going, that doesn't sound like the tank or I know. 
But I typed down a, a, a polite email basically saying, I find this personally offensive. And it's not like, listen, there are, you're putting, not only, you're also putting like a, a, almost a political statement in, yeah. in the description. But it's not like saying Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Rainbow Lives Matter. It's a positive statement. This is a negative statement. It's like saying, you know, uh, fuck all teachers, uh, all priests are the devil, uh, all cops are bastards. Uh, that So within 15 minutes after my initial email, I actually got beyond the automated email. I got that we're sending this up the chain. And then within an hour, I got the email that, uh, well, first they removed that offensive all cops are bastard line. But then about an hour and a half after my initial complaint, all four titles were down. So I think Alice is right. I think it's the same uh, fuckers that were trolling <laughs> earlier. I think they they came back and 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 played long ball. I mean, I I got to give them credit for that, but they are well. I can't give them credit for their spelling because it was it was improper. But I give them credit because they must have set this up far enough in advance. And I like 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 Alice is saying they were trying to be. Uh, you know, shitlords or sh- or shock jocks, and we're we're so edgy. You're not edgy, folks. You're not edgy. You're you're just you're not stupid. E- edgy is uh, Mork Borg. The uh, that that that's edgy. The game that I would probably never run, but uh, you know, the one that won the the best Ennies of the Year award, um, because it looks. It looks fun to read and looks like a great source book for me to annoy my players, but I would—I don't think you could run a campaign with it. That's edgy. This was just trolling. I'm glad they got removed. I was—I was surprised. By the way, by, by the way I, I found out that was—that's pronounced Merkborg. Merkborg. Oh yeah, that's right. Dark, you know, it says it's dark, dark. I was just about to correct you. You can Merk, always correct. Yes, I, I'm in New York, yeah. or I can't speak English right. God no, double, well, speak. it's not English. Because there's the double dot over the O. Oh, the umlaut. The, um, the umlaut. The Germans have yes. the umlaut. So it's Merk. 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 It's Merk. 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 is Swedish for a dark fort. And it's produced Merk. There you go. There yeah. you go. Merk. Yep. See, I, I, it's a dark I, I, fantasy post-apocalyptic style game for anyone who hasn't checked it out yet. So if you're into that kind of stuff, it's something that you might want to check out. Actually, there's a lot of uh, discussion on it going on in the Techcars Tavern Facebook group because it was brought up by one of the uh, members of the group. They wanted to get questions about it. They had questions about it. They want like opinions. They they're they're billing this as an OSR release. I definitely see the OSR influence. I also see the death metal influence. Um, neither of which is a bad influence, but I don't I don't necessarily see it as OSR. But I would certainly have fun running it for a single session with the right group. I, I don't know about a campaign, but source material for a, a regular D&D campaign, you want to send your players to help for a, a session or two? My God, there's inspiration in that book. And I'm going to pronounce it wrong again, I'm sure. But I, well, I should think like the Swedish chef, right, from the old Muppets. Nemurk the Berg. Mork Borg. 
Merkdeberg. Close. No. I can't. Well, I, well I, what I think it's funny is that so so they they took this down pretty quick. Um, because I mean it's all you know it's all it's offensive um, yeah you know and like, the, I mean, like I said it's the same thing you said all teachers are idiots or something it just it doesn't make it's just it's dumb but um, <clears throat> I find it kind of funny that drive through took down Zach about as quickly and to this day I don't think he's still been charged or charged with anything <laughs> he's just uh, he, well he's guilty of being an asshole which is uh, you know but yeah, which uh, is yeah he, he of course. He was, yeah, but I mean that they, they you know the whole thing about drive through is that they're not a they don't have to allow free speech or they they're they're no. a company and they can do whatever they like and in the case of Zach uh, they found accus- accusations against him that were viable enough to remove him uh, whether or not they were, I mean he didn't have to be anything proven in a court of law or you know it was the court of public opinion and that just kind of is a show I mean they're they they can do whatever they want so I, I was pretty. I was pretty confident this is going to be removed when you when you. I actually sent a complaint also, and um, I was pretty confident this is going to be removed because of that. Because they don't have to, you know, go back and say, well, you know, this is free speech. When the guy's allowed to say whatever he wants, they can really kind of do whatever they want. They don't. They don't have to allow free speech at drive through, uh, which can be problematic because they are kind of a um, uh, monopoly. monopoly. Yeah. And in many yeah. ways, it's that's you know, it's very uh, it's very problem problematic. You know, if if you get unpersoned or if you're on the wrong side of something uh you can get taken off of drive-thru and that could be your only source of income so it's it's tough in this case i think they made the right call i wouldn't say they always made the right call um but uh in this case i think they did and then that's that's one advantage to just being a corporation in terms of you know we don't we don't have to make everybody happy you know we're, we're gonna matter of fact we don't think this is right so we're gonna take it down we don't have to you know Go through the masses and, and have a and have a uh, contest to see if we should include this or not. We could just say unilaterally, this is gone. So I have a question for you, Tankar. Uh, maybe you sure. know, do you, because you had awareness of the company. Do you know how long the other three items, the uh, lamentations of the Flame Princess, were up? Oh, the, their other adventures or other? No, I don't. And here's the thing: if I was thinking like I was when I was working, I would have screenshotted the shit out of everything. Not just the initial uh you know screenshot of the item in question. I would have uh taken uh no- notes of how long the stuff how they I saw they had four other pro you know three other products. Three other products. And three, I you know, have a comment about that. Yeah they had they had three others and I actually did look at one or two, but you know what? I don't think I left any uh, tabs open. Uh, of course not on my browser. Because then I could have gone and said, hey, what did it say? I don't know how long that stuff was up for. But like I said, drive through, you don't get deal of the day right away um, um, unless you're Zweihander, in which well, case you get deal of the day, at, you know, like, multiple times a week at one point. He had, to, he had so many points to spend, I guess he could put in multiple times. I do want to bring up, though, that it doesn't necessarily mean they played that long of a game. The reason being is that... Lucky. Well, not not just got, get lucky. Um, because drive through doesn't track where the IPs are coming from on the downloads. They track downloads. And so if you're doing... Uh, if you're paying what you want and you're getting the... And if you 
do the pay what you want, and then they just keep paying zero, paying zero, and they track the downloads. The, the vendor points track slower, but they can still track that. So they can go and just create a thousand dummy accounts and mm. do this um, because their their vendor points will go up a lot slower if it's only a, uh, you know, if people are paying zero than if you're paying something. But for example, if you have an affiliate link, it doesn't track who is using your affiliate link or the IPs and such like that. Interesting. So, so they so could have gained, gained the system. They could have gained the system. They might have played the long game, but they could have gained it. Interesting. Unfortunately, in this day and age, that's uh, becoming more and more common. Well, I mean, listen, I I'm not going to say that the uh, that the best game of the year at the Ennies isn't a beautiful-looking game, and compared to other stuff that the Ennies had, um, certainly could be deserving of it. But the Ennies... It's another system that is very easy to game. It's a popularity contest when you come down to it. And uh, I, I and think was, one, it was gained by Lamentations for, oh for my God. at least one year. that they And they bragged about gaming the system when they won almost every major award. Was it 2018? Or uh, I can't remember which year it was. It, was, it, was, it wasn't it was last year. Yeah, no, it was 2018. They won almost every award and they bragged that we know how to game the system, which I would assume is mobilizing your forces to send multiple emails from multiple accounts and, you know, vote for it because it's in vote. For we don't, you don't vote uh, for by email. And I, I don't think I voted this year, but, but it, you, it's voting by IP, but, IP, yeah. but, but put your VPN on and off and change your IP. Constantly. There you go. Yes. There you go. And, and if you don't have a VPN, just go to every fast food restaurant in your neighborhood. They and, all have free wireless. Yep. Yep. And also, um, because any's and most places like that that do that kind of tracking, they don't track your device information. They only track the IP. And so, since it doesn't track the device ID, then you know you can just keep changing IPs and do it and get people to mobilize to do that. If you really want to game the system that bad. And I mm. think they did. I think that's pretty much what they did. Uh, James and uh, Zach that year. So uh, I can't speak to whether they did or not on that, yeah. but I the know there are ways to do it, unfortunately. The gears in my head are spinning because I know someone who I will not name, and it's certainly not anybody on this podcast, who uh, is, is super focused on winning in any. And uh, I, I think if they knew how to gain the system, uh, they they would certainly find a way to do it. Uh, they, then again, they don't listen to podcasts, so they'll, they'll never hear this. That's not helpful. Oh, I'll tell you who it is afterwards, Mike. Oh, okay. I, well, I'm sure I know him, but... Oh, yeah. yeah you're right. You say it's, yeah, it's not, not, not you or I, because uh, we can barely turn on our phone. Actually, you're, you're oh. much better than I am. I, I, I'm <laughs> learning, but you have uh, become adept at things that I can only dream of. This point, here, so. here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a true confession. And, and and Alice will appreciate this. Uh, when I got out of the hospital uh, back in May, or it could be early June. Early June, I sat down and I said, hey, I, I want to do this thing about gamers' health. So on Fridays, Rachel and I, we talk about gamers' health on our Tavern Chat podcast. And I wanted to put up a website to go along with it. So I spent uh, the money. Uh, I, I actually got uh, gamershealth uh, dot 
I forget, help or whatever it was. And uh, uh, here I am sitting around going, yeah, I really need to finish setting this thing up. Month and a half later, still haven't done it. because, And it's not because uh, it, it's got anything to do with HTML programming or anything like that. It's uh, using one of the uh, built-for-retard services. And I, I don't mean that in an offensive way. I mean that my ability to, to do any kind of thing beyond a blogger interface really needs some major hand-holding. And uh, I haven't done I, – I think I, I, I uploaded like two pictures in an article and then went, yeah, I, <laughs> I, you, just hit the, you hit the limit right there. You hit the limit of your expertise. That was yeah, it's like okay, I, I I know there's a template here somewhere, and people are like, well, I don't know, uh, you know, I I I know tenkarstavern.com uses Blogger because I recognize the Blogger interface. Why don't you move it on to something different? It's like because it'll break my brain. Uh, uh, you, know. you and I, you and I are very lucky, Eric, because we we have. A- a lot of friends that are that are very technologically oriented that can that can do things for us that we can't do or, or they can hold our hands through. I moved been an issue my me, family, I my wife, my mother, my father, my sister to Apple devices and Apple laptops, so I would not have to do any technical assistance because my days of building computers and like you know maintaining Windows ended uh, with like. All right, I want. I was gonna say Windows ME, but it was a little bit beyond ME. I was gonna but... ask if it was ninety five, so I guess I was a little close to your answer, to your answer there. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> not, 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 see, back then, see that Windows go, going from three point one to Windows ninety five. Uh-huh. I I remember that. That that allowed me. Uh, this is the real geek stuff. When I was when I was such a geek that I actually understood geekiness. That's when I. Uh, because I got, I was one of the first people to get a CD-ROM drive, but I had, I had a, a conflict with my CD-ROM drive and the AOL program, and I could only run it, run it, not be via 3.1. I had to run AOL via Geos until I got Windows 95, which cleared up the conflict, and then it was like, and uh, yeah, I stopped building computers with uh, Windows 98 Second Edition. And then I went to Max, and I haven't looked back. Do you so. mind if I embarrass you a little bit? And yes, plug I, yeah, go please ahead. Embarrass me. Yeah, so, well, I, please. I'll make my wife listen to this afterwards because she loves okay. to be embarrassed. I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to embarrass Tankar a little bit, but to prove his lack of technical uh, savviness in our modern day, we have a game day coming up for Frog God Games. So everyone, oh should God, be yes. Up. Uh, wait, 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 wait! <laughs> time out, time out. Isn't Bad Mike also running something? So you're going to throw me on the I'm bus? I'm running something, yes, and I'm, I right. need to register Have my game. Have you inputted your thing yet, Bad Mike? I don't know. Yeah, you see, see, I, look, have, Mike, I haven't registered my game yet. I need to. Mike and I are going to hold hands and skip down this path together. <laughs> well, today's the deadline. Because we're not allowed to guys. run because it's too dangerous. Oh, today's the deadline. Oh, my God. I, uh, I even created a walkthrough tutorial video that I had three people watch and vet, and they said that I handheld them, handheld them to the microsecond of what to do. I haven't um, seen it yet. I didn't realize there was a video. Oh, oh, no, cool. um, but I will be helping Tankar get his game um, inputted because today is your deadline. But oh, I, I my deadline. 
yeah, today is the deadline of putting it up. Uh, and right. I got on Discord today and I saw a message saying, uh, Alice, Lala, you might need to go help Tankar. All he got was an image. Yeah, well, I, I, I was just like, uh, okay. Is there something about Discord I don't know about setting up a channel? I could put images? Okay. There's an image. I put an image up in the chat. It doesn't look like it did anything. Okay. All right. I'm gonna watch oh, where where Eagles Dare. No, let me let me watch an old war movie. And calm down. To do this also. Okay. I apparently have to do this also. So I'm now I'm now I'm stressing. Oh. See, see, Mike. We gotta like like. Here's what we gotta do. Okay, now, now that's scary. Rach is gonna have to show us how to use Zoom. So we can use Zoom to watch Alice's video together and, and then support each other. I can, watch, no, I can, I can teach you guys how I to can, use Zoom. I can do Zoom. I haven't used Zoom, so I don't know if I can or not. But Rach uses Zoom because it's like the whole work thing. These, like, yeah, if you guys are able to even set up your Zoom links, if you're going to be GMing on Zoom, you can get your link set up ahead of time and you can even input it into the signup sheet that I, that the bot that we're using. And so people can just click on that link and join you when the time comes. So there's a lot of nice little features, but I'll help you get all of that set up. But more importantly, everybody, Frog God Game Day will be coming up in September, uh, the September 12th and 13th. So make sure you keep an eye out for signups to go up once the GMs get their stuff inputted. Uh, I, it was hard um, enough to get me this. Yes. What are you running, Derek? You're sort of light I'm, also. I'm, we're doing, we're I'm running light bars. also. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm uh, running my adventure from the first issue of Torchlight. And if that runs quick, if, if my party runs through it really fast, I'll have like a secondary, uh, you know, way to get them killed. I mean, leveled up. So it'll, it'll be awesome. I've got those. See, that stuff I can like handle. I can plan that, that aspect of it. You know, I uh, here. Alice, just to to give a little background here, uh, I've been using Roll. I was a backer of Roll Twenty on the Kickstarter. I actually knew one of the programmers that came in afterwards. His stuff got merged into uh, Roll Twenty. He was brought in as a consultant. So, uh, and I used Roll Twenty. I, I used it when it was literally broken, when you couldn't use uh, Fog of War for anything. I will draw anything on the screen. Um, and then I got reached out to, this is a number of years ago, from the people at Roll20, from from uh, their, uh, I don't know, I guess public relations. They wanted me to record a game session, and they wanted to share it out with their, you know, uh, what was it, every like twice a month email updates that they do, and they tell you what they're doing. And I was going to be a highlighted GM. And I had to tell them, I go, I need to explain something to you just so you realize. I use Roll20, and I and I backed it at the most highest levels. I go, all I use is Fog of War and the Dice Roller. Okay? that And I, I upload a map. I use the Fog of War. I use the Dice Roller. It, and it wasn't until like a year and a half ago I started using character sheets and handouts. I don't use tokens because it, it's not a secret, but it, when I'm a player and we're using tokens, I, I'm the jackass that everybody's going, uh, yo, Tankar, 
we're we're like on the other side of the map now. Move your token. <laughs> um, so now for me to be a DM in charge of like all these tokens would never happen. So I just I just use a point and click. So I told them I'd be happy to do so, but with the gaming group I have, we'd have to cut out about forty five. Eh, no, seventy five percent of the of the actual game session because we're just offensive assholes and. It's going to be boring if you want to highlight stuff for Roll20 because I wasn't using any of the bells and whistles. So I'll be using Roll20 and Discord for the uh, voice because uh, I, I am a minimalist GM when it comes to that. But uh, I, I know I could be schooled on how to get the most value out of my, my Roll20. But uh, I, 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 I am... Uh, a bad learner when it comes to that. And, I and, think, um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Alice. Yes. I, I think you guys come up with a very good point. A lot of people seem to have this impression that if they're going to play online, I'm hearing, you know, well, I always play in real life because online is just so complicated and this and that. And something that I do regularly, as you guys know, for PWK and now for Fraud God and such, we deal with a lot of GMs, a lot of creators, and we're doing actual plays and various other things. And it's really what the GM is comfortable with because Mind's Eye is actually, it, it's really easy to do Mind's Eye. Um, we were, the first time I met Matt Finch, I was like, oh my gosh, I get to meet Matt Finch. But <laughs> after hanging out with him, he's like, yeah, I'll GM for you guys. And he ran us through an entire dungeon crawl in the Mind's Eye. And because we didn't want to pressure him to do a bunch of VTTs or anything like that. We just want people to be comfortable because the GM provides the best experience when they're comfortable. It doesn't matter what bells and whistles they have, but the truth is when they're comfortable in their own heads and their ability to communicate, that's when you'll have the best experience. And so Brandon and I were just writing down notes as he was telling us where we were going and which direction was going. And so we're just like, okay, so left, north, northeast, this corridor here. And so we would be able to keep track. And that really goes back for OSR players. That goes back to back when you were playing in the cafe and, you know, in the middle of Denny's on a napkin. You really don't need much, just a couple of dice and each other. And so same deal. If you can do that at a, at a diner on a napkin, you can play online. That is true. I mean, when we first started uh, playing with, with my group, we were using Google Hangouts. And and when Google Hangouts was able to integrate Roll20, we were happy as uh, pigs in poop because we got to play with all the uh, the visuals from Hangouts. So we didn't care what Roll20 gave us. The fact that we could put on like fake glasses and and poodle faces and the dice over people's heads that was my favorite yeah. part. The dice on screen. <laughs> yes. Wow. So so we, we we would have a blast with 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 that. Once 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 they did away with the integration with Roll20, and then of course Google Hangouts became the redheaded stepchild at Google. But then we got Discord, and then the Discord you didn't need it. I love hey, Discord. Uh, I'm gonna uh, jump in. Um, well, this is all very interesting. I had a yes. callback to talk about last week, and I also want to hear Alice's opinion on this because she has some insight and stuff like this. We we talked last week about uh, Gen Con Online and how. We thought that, you know, we didn't hear very much about it, it and maybe big cons aren't going to survive being online because of the, you know, aspects of they're going to the merchant, the dealer's room, going to auctions, going to doing cosplay. And I, I had a, um, 
an email from uh, Luau Lu, uh, guy who came to our convent in North Texas this year, nice guy. And um, he, I, I'm going I'm to read this, and so it's kind of a differing opinion than you and I had, Eric, and then I want to ask Alice her opinion. So, he, so um, Luau says, uh, caught you guys' most recent chat, very good. Must disagree with the perspective on Gen Con Online. I participated and found it super cheap. The con cost me nothing to enroll for. The games I did were $2 per four hours, which is cheaper than the other online cons I've done. Some may complain this is a lot of money for online play, but again, it was cheaper than the games and other online cons, and I figured they have to take in some money to pay for their employees' software, etc. As a guy trying to get into the industry, I really enjoyed your guys' insight into the innies and other award contests, Diana Jones, Recast, etc. Thanks for the entertainment. So we kind of, I mean, we... we slagged on them a bit because we're like well you know nobody's talking about it these big cons they're they're about a lot more than just gaming smaller cons you go most of the time you go to game and to meet friends larger cons you go for the whole extravaganza you you go for everything included in that and so we we had thought that well we didn't hear very much about gen con online they must have not did very well but you know looking back on now we were just we were just kind of well, we were talking crit, weren't we? We didn't know. We had no clue. <laughs> so this is kind of a differing opinion. I know Luau had talked to us after North Texas and said that he was, this is the first one he had ever attended this year, which is, we only had about 60 people this year, obviously, because of the COVID concerns. Um, but he was really excited about us continuing online because we did a lot of online games this year because that, he said, that's really the only way he's going to be able to participate in the future. Um, and I know, um, Alice, you don't attend, you don't attend conventions in person. Um, Not anymore. No, I used no. to. And, and you actually, uh, I, I don't know if you have any insight into the Gen Con situation per se. Um, uh, what's your opinion on larger cons uh, via the smaller cons when it comes to in the future? I mean, because Eric and I were talking next year, um, it, it may still not be safe to attend a large 60,000 uh, person con. Man, that's a lot of people to get into close quarters. We, we may be looking at a multi year. Uh, period when you can't have these giant mega cons anymore, um, and so, I have no clue what that's going to affect on the industry. But I, I, we're interested in your opinion on that. And and um, thank, thanks, Lou, for uh, sending that email. And we're going to set up an email address if you want to send us emails. Uh, Eric is committed to doing that. So yes, committed as in like you know, chained up and 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 put in a corner. Yes, no, I, I, it'll get done. I am going to refrain from talking about Gen Con specifically. I actually do have a little bit of an insight from about the inner workings because of people that I was doing stuff with, but I'm going to refrain from any commentary on how they handled it. What I will say is that in the past five or so months, I have been working with a number of, uh, with certain groups to put together online infrastructure for online conventions that go beyond simply gaming. The first one, our test, we had uh, our alpha test, we had three weeks to put it together and from, from ground up for an entire convention. And this was uh, ZoeCon for Zombie Orpheus, uh, aka Dead Gentleman or uh, the Fantasy Network, whatever you know them as, um, but they are these days the Fantasy Network. Um, and while working with them, excuse me, uh, while working with them, we built an infrastructure from the ground up within Discord and with uh, with certain tools like Glue and such like that over the course of months. I wasn't part of the Glue team, but I was uh, part of the Discord team. And we were able to duplicate a much more realistic 
uh, convention experience than simply going to uh, going online and signing up for a game and showing up at a random game table. Because what we did was we utilized certain bots and certain tools to create uh, interactive experiences. So people would be able to go to a vendor room and jump in while the vendor was literally live feeding in that channel, uh, doing their, you know, let's say the artist is drawing Jacob Blackman, for example, uh, at Zoecon, he had a vendor booth where he was streaming all day his video graphics of him drawing. And while he was streaming, he would be there talking to people that would stop by in his channel. We, you could video chat with him for a few minutes or for a few hours, then move on to another artist and another vendor, go talk to them on video chat, then move on and on. And people were commenting that that actually feels a bit like going through a convention where you're dealing with them in a in a sense it's as close as you can get instead of just simply signing up for a game and then showing up at a table there was an interactive experience where you could move through a space um, another tool that we utilized was bots that allowed for uh, toggling your role so that uh, certain sections because let's let's talk about the fact that discord channels can be a bit of a mess and if you're doing a large-scale convention of hundreds or thousands, the channel list can get pretty long. Well, what we did was we enabled um, selective roles. So I went in and set the permission so that if you clicked uh, the bar icon in our navigation section, if you clicked the two beer steins, you would unlock the bar and then you the bar channels would show up, you jump into the bar. And then when you didn't want to see those channels anymore, you could go and just toggle it off and those channels would disappear and you wouldn't have to worry about them. You could do that for the game section, etc, stuff like that. On the babies with knives server, I utilize that same tool for when people show up, first thing you need to do is go to the welcome page, read our rules, accept the rules. And once you accept the rules, our channels populate until you accept the rules, you will see three channels, the you showed up channel, the welcome channel and the FAQ channel. That's it. And so you can utilize a number of tools to make it a gratifying experience. In BWK also, we have a an ability for people to scale uh, video chats and uh, audio chats, which is another thing that can be done in larger scale conventions where you can make sub rooms. So uh, the bot that I'm using, you go and click a voice channel and it will populate a new voice channel for you and for your group. Then if somebody wants to join your channel, they can, or they can go and populate and start up a channel of their own without an admin going, go add a channel that'll always stay or go remove the channel and such like that. So it's just a matter of learning how to create that interactivity. And I have now dealt with the large scale convention where that interactivity was definitely there through using Discord and Zoom combination damn uh, that's impressive I, because well, I'm I think involved. We'll, 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 my prediction was that i i think there's going to be online convention fatigue and i think we're seeing a little bit of it now because we've been doing this since march um, absolutely if, if you don't offer a different kind of experience like you're describing alice people are eventually going to get bored of like you said logging on and here's a here's a game and here's a, yep. i mean that's not why people go to conventions most of the time that's not a, if you keep having the same experience over and over and over again every convention, there's no difference between Gen Con and Dragon Con and North Texas Con and Garcon. Just you're just logging on. There's a bunch of faceless names there. You play a game, and after a while, you're going to have fatigue because you're just you're going to say this isn't this isn't a convention. This is just I'm logging onto an online server and playing games. And I think what you're saying is 
very um, very insightful because you you do have to do something different or, or have some reason for people to go there besides you're going to log on and play games with a bunch of people you don't already know. Right. Uh, I don't know what, what, yeah. You, when I go to conventions, I, I don't necessarily go to play games. I I go to run a game or two, but I go to interact with people in the community. I go sure. to see artists like uh, Doug Kovacs and Terry Pavlet. Uh, I I go to see uh, game publishers that I don't normally see. I go to see and hang out with people in the bar that I see even uh, less often or pass people in the hallways. And if you can duplicate that, I think it's more important than duplicating the tabletop experience because I can tabletop with Roll20 and, and Discord, but for me to interact with people in a social environment that's not being... Uh, with you know, put into that sandbox of gaming. If I can turn that into uh, a huge sandbox of vending tables and the bar and, and the talking with creators or you know, flipping through Doug Kovacs's work and going, oh okay, oh so okay, I, I like a print of this or oh you have the originals of this one. I flip through his stuff when I'm at the cons. I to be able to, if I could do that virtually, well, I, well, you know, you know, being in that position of uh, type two diabetic and congestive heart failure means going to conventions is probably going to be limited, if not verboten, until we have a true uh, uh, vaccine for this. Um, to be able to How duplicate that, that's awesome. Sorry. No, go ahead. No. Uh, how about this for different? So out of all those things that you listed, those are fantastic. But one thing that um, online conventions can also offer are things that you actually can't even get in face-to-face -face, uh, conventions. For example, uh, you can go to a convention and there's a room for uh, the ancient armors and you know all sorts of like, you can see how a jousting stick looks, uh, stuff like that. And yes, you can interact with that. But at ZoeCon, we had a panel where a woman actually showed on horseback, uh, jousting and um, and medieval combat from her ranch through GoPro streaming and interacting with people. You that can't do that awesome. at a, at yeah, a hotel. Yeah, but where are you going to put the three horses that you all she, And, and who's going to clean it up? Uh, Mike's brother, Rob? Exactly. Come on. Uh, yeah, right. he, he might. And this was right from her ranch, and people were interacting with her. She was interacting with them. People were able to ask questions, and she was able to demonstrate on horseback. And that's not—I right. mean, that's something unique. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting my geek on right now because this—that—that—that that, that is awesome. That is—that. That's the kind of thing that we need. That's exactly the kind of thing we yeah. need. So people don't have just absolute burnout on online conventions in the next 12 months. Because, I, you know, and Eric and I have talked about this in a few shows and, and just privately, too, is we're looking at next year and saying, you know, do you feel, I mean, I, I'm a type 1 diabetic, insulin dependent, 57 years old. Um, I have health issues. I, I don't feel safe right now going to a convention with 30,000 people, um, maybe... A thousand, maybe, if they took precautions. Yeah. But even GaryCon, we're talking three thousand people. And I know Luke has talked uh, about uh, probably knocking that number in half for next year, uh, which I think is a really good idea. But even so, you know, I'm still iffy because you can get look, you could get sick before COVID at conventions. Yeah. And mo a lot of us did. I mean, Concred, Concred's a real thing, and we've all had it. 
It's, you can it's, have it's, flu from online cons if you work long enough hours. Trust me, I had it recently. <laughs> I, I will sure. get into that after this. <laughs> online con cred, oh no. Well, but, you know, because you, you, you're pushing your body beyond its limits. And thereby lowering your your actual your, your immune system, and the common cold that's floating around, you normally would go ha ha to. Yeah, I can see. I I I got sick when I used to have to work uh, six seven days a week with uh, sixteen hour days for nine eleven. I was I, I was sick for months. You just you know struggled through it because your body is not used to those hours. Right. But if you if you're if you're if you're the behind the scenes person. At an online convention, the idea is, well, you're home anyway. How much time do you really need? Come on. You know? <laughs> You'd be surprised yeah. how much you have to work. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm yeah. not surprised. I just, okay. I just know for, the attitude. Of the don't people. know. Yes. Yeah. Oh, how much time do you need? Come on. You're home. You're sitting in your own chair. Hey, come on. What are you, what are you complaining about? You need to use the bathroom. You just get up and go. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. sleep and not have to worry about this stuff when I'm sleeping. But then people have random tickets that you need to answer and respond to because one little thing is misfiring here or there and you're putting out hundreds of little fires and all of a sudden it's 3 a.m. and they ping you and you're like, oh, shoot, let me get up and do this. So, you know, then again, that was an international convention that I just got off of recently oh, with God a five-day international convention. So the hours were crazy. <laughs> but uh, since I was one of the three people that was uh, that built the server and was managing the server and then they had some of the other people had other things. I just told them, let me deal with the server. And I tried to basically take as much on as possible. And that definitely gave me con flu by the end of that. But, wow. it, was a, but it was a great experience. And yes, I, I can definitely say that you can definitely do a massive, massive online convention that is well beyond simply doing role-playing games. or uh, And also you can even do tabletop board games if people have tabletop simulator and stuff like that the there is really the sky's the limit there's a lot of things you can do well, and you just need the right tools now. that's the problem a lot of people aren't utilizing the tools that are available to them so so let's say that so next year so let's say in december uh oh my gosh we found a cure for COVID. everybody took a shot we're all better we have cons next year uh what's the future for do we still have a big feature for online games everybody gonna go oh man i can go back to cons in person uh yeah, forget this online stuff. I, I'm I'm going back to oh I, no online stuff. This is gonna be this is gonna be huge because I, I I'm talking from my own personal experience. When my original gaming group broke down when I transitioned from civilian life to police academy, because I was the only one that you know all of a sudden I was like oh don't I don't have weekends off when I when I gaming anymore. When I came back to gaming, I came back via Klug, one of the earlier uh, VTTs out there, and uh, and Map whatever it was called, but uh, that was an open source one. Um, I came back to that because it could work around here. You can find groups that all right, well nine o'clock on Thursday until one a.m. You can you're not going to find that in face to face groups. But you'll sure. find groups online that can work online. around your schedule. Or, or if you're a parent with young kids, young kids. You, can, you, you can watch them from the room next door. You can't watch them from the game store. Well, and I tell you, yeah. it was great. I, I had a group uh, several years back. We you got really quiet. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Because I, 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 can you hear? Can you guys hear me at all now? Yes. You're, you're still okay. a bit quiet. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm unfortunately I'm having to broadcast on my tablet. Okay. Please continue. Out. Sorry, guys. For, we for love you, Mike. We'll, we'll, we'll be quiet now so you can talk. That's why I'm letting Allison and Tankard do most of the heavy work, and I'm just kind of drinking whiskey. Um, no, I was going to say that I, I had a, uh, which was great, is we, we had a group, we, we gamed on Skype and Whiteboard, and we had, uh, one was in Birmingham, Alabama, one was in Canada, uh, one was in Missouri, and one was in Florida. And, it was, and we also had a guy who was uh, in Australia who would join us sometimes when we gamed at odd hours. Uh, it was great, and we would have never gotten together if it hadn't been for all on. There's no, you can't yep. get that group together. That's impossible. Yes. So not only is it just different times, it's just different people being in different locations. It's a great way to keep groups together that maybe you have a bunch of old friends that are scattered across the United States, and you can say, hey, we all need to meet up at this con. You know, we can all meet up at GaryCon online, and, you know, at this at this time, and we'll play this game together. And and that that that's where I think it has a has a really big future. It was once people start realizing that you're you're not constricted to actual time or space anymore. I mean, this is like sci-fi stuff. You, I you're, think. You're, you're... No, go go ahead, Alice. Sorry. Um, go back to my whiskey. <laughs> I I think that a lot of people are going. Well, is this going to go away? Is this going to go away? And they keep asking that question. And something that I've started bringing up with people is what they should actually look at is the fact that online gaming was here before COVID. People are talking like it wasn't. People are talking like there weren't any online games. There weren't online conventions. It there were. It's just the population of them has skyrocketed recently. Now, what does that mean? Is it going to go away? I think that when COVID goes away that there will be a diminishment of online gaming. However, we have also opened a giant door, like a hangar sized door of showing people the possibilities. And therefore I think there's going to be a lot more hybrid games and there's going to be a lot more games that are online. And in addition to that, as far as you talking about people all across the US, well, for babies with knives, I literally play with people in Germany, Switzerland, Taiwan, and three time zones in the US in simultaneous games at times. We play with people from all over oh. the world. So there are certain play people that we go, okay, well, we need to try and schedule for 9 a.m. Pacific because this means that him in, in Europe somewhere, somewhere. Um, GMT plus GMT two can play. Can I forget play. what where he is, in, but he's GMT plus two. And we make sure we make sure games that he can play. And that's and not something that's you can do normally in a face-to-face. -face. You can't just go, I want to play with my friend in London and, in and London, I'm in, in California. Oh, you can't. And... and you know what? You know what? In a way, it reflects. Dare I say it? In real life, people have been telecommuting for years. I have friends uh, that work for Deloitte, and they were telecommuting before COVID. But but my wife's job as a social worker turned into telecommuting, and it still is. And they're going to be slow to go back to the office because think about it. If you can downsize, you can downsize. If, you're, if, if you're an employer, you can downsize office space, you're saving you're expenses saving. right there. Um, and if you're an employee, you don't have to commute to work. You're saving time. Uh, you're, you're saving mass transit or gas. There's expenses that you are saving by telecommuting. Those don't savings save. are built into online cons. You don't need the venue of, with an online con. Um, the, the technical, technical aspects aspect. can get can get ironed out, but the overhead, overhead shrinks Shrink. drastically when you go from an in-person con to a, a virtual con. 
And that's very, very true. One of the talk to vendor though. I'm sorry, I just want to say one thing about vendors though is that I think this has been this is tough for vendors because a lot of purchases at conventions are made because you're walking by a booth, you have money in your pocket, somebody shows you a game or or a cool little chotsky or just something really cool. And you're, I know I've bought so much dice at conventions that I never needed to buy because I walk by the booth. I'm like, okay, yes, I need these dice that are like three times normal size because I can see the numbers on it. Give me your dice. I'll, I will buy these right now. Whereas I, I, I'm, I'm wondering how that affects uh, long-term vendors who are not able to demonstrate or show their products online. I, I think there are some issues with that. I mean, I mean, you can you can create most of the experiences online. That that's something that's it's like shopping online. I mean, there's only so much you can do that you don't have any tactile, you know, um, you don't have anything tactile to, to really get you to buy this product, you know, except looking at it like, oh, I guess it looks cool. Um, that's one thing I, th- I think will have, uh, might have a bad effect, especially on mom and pops or smaller uh, uh, OSR type people. Uh, that really, really, rely- we have people that come to North Texas and we're a small convention. We have 500 people. And and they they make a lot of money. I can tell you two or three of them that make a lot of money at our convention simply because out of those 500 people, um, people that walk up to the table, they may get 200 people buy something. And 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 it's, it's only uh, amplified at bigger. Conventions. There's there's people who used to go to Gen Con. That's their whole year. That's their entire year. You know, look what happened to Raggy once he had uh, once he was a uh, no convention. He's, he has stated he lost 25% of his sales. I think that's that might be small. I think he may have lost more of his sales than 25%. See, I think that you have a very, a very, very strong point there. Mm-hmm. However, I will also point, will out, also point out that home shopping, home network, shopping network and, and online, online buying and, and long distance buying has been buying a has thing for a very, very long time. Once again, I think it's again, a shift in the dynamic of how it's handled because I do because know I do of know game, of um, game vendors game and vendors, crystal vendors and, and all these other all types of vendors, types dice, of vendors, bag vendors dice bag vendors that create dice bags that have that been using Facebook using shops for years, years, well before COVID. And they get a lot of their business through Facebook or Etsy shops and, and they show it they, through pictures or they show it by going live saying, I'm going live at 7 p.m. and come on come and you'll get a 10% get discount right now if you come and watch my live feed or you can come to my shop on Etsy and buy it. And there are plenty are, of people. I mean, look well, at how I mean, big Etsy how big. is. It's freaking huge. Freaking and look at how many people how many on there actually on there. sell gaming stuff. There is a ton these days. Good point. Yeah, and, and Mike, uh, I don't know. I don't know. If you ever watched any of uh, the Ken Whitman videos when he was selling comic books and collectibles on on his uh, Facebook feed, but he was making good money doing it. All right. And he was. God, God bless Ken Whitman ahead of the curve. Um, We're finding a new scam. One or the other. I don't know. But he was certainly making money. And certainly supplementing the the, the store's uh, in-person income income. by doing the Facebook feeds. And they were – he had somebody doing Facebook feed six days a week at one point, I think, when he had the store. So he he wouldn't have been doing it if the money wasn't coming in. You can – you can, but that is – but I will say this. If you are going to replicate a convention – Getting a way to replicate as best you can, or at least uh, make a, a 
a satisfying substitution for vendors and and the artist row and stuff like that. I, I think that's the secret because you know I, I like to go to panels. I like to talk to artists, talk to vendors, and I think that a lot of vendors will tell you that at conventions they make their sales because they have to interact with the customer. I think if you have a way for people to go to Bad Mike's books and actually converse with Bad Mike as they are virtually flipping through uh, your Judges Guild collection to see what they want, I think you'd find that your your sales numbers would be a lot better than people just going up there and going to Bad Mike's book and not talking to, to Bad Mike or not talking to uh, Pex and Tenkar at the Frog God table. I think that you need that interaction, and I think that if you can <coughs> duplicate that or replicate that, uh, make it your simulacrum, so to speak, uh, in OSR speak, I think that that is the key to an online convention uh you know, minting gold in the future. And regarding your overhead comment earlier, Tankar, that's Mm -hmm. very, very true. One of the conventions I worked, the tickets were completely free, but people could donate money for the cost of what was, what was done and such like that. And it did cost money to do the con. So there was a premium level that people could buy into and pay some money if they wanted the premium or people could just be donating money. And in the end, people donated enough money that for the first time ever, that convention made money and was actually able to pay some of the people that worked, you know, a hundred plus hours. It wasn't the rate that they should have been paid even at, you know, minimum wage, the hundred plus hours that were put in, but they got a a few bucks for their time, which was an an incredible thing because whoever heard of a convention making money, you don't go to a convention, make money, you make, you lose it. And so even people who are like, I put a, put a hundred hours in and I got a few bucks. That's better than nothing. And that just shows that, you know, a big difference in the overhead. Yeah. Definitely. The convention not making money. I don't know what that's about. I, I don't know. I can't. Uh, wait, hold on. That's every one of North Texas. Except for this year, right, Mike? We made money this year. <laughs> you see? You see? So there, 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 yeah. there, well, there's we, a lot of truth to it. We broke even this year because, we, right. yes, we. Uh, that Well, we that's making money in, in, in the case of North Texas. If you're not in the red, you, you, you're, you're ahead of the game. Oh, yes. And, you know, as for when you find a find the cure for COVID, well, realize that vaccines ha- have certain things that go with it that certain people who have uh, immune issues can't even use vaccines because their bodies attack themselves um, because certain vaccines are made with certain excipients and cultured with certain things that they're unable to utilize. And so just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you're not a carrier. And so for people right. who are allergic, like myself, I can't have certain vaccines and certain medications. Uh, it's still, you know, I'm, there are a lot of people like me these days, unfortunately. So they're not going to be able to go anywhere because great, you're vaccinated. That's nice, but you can still be carrying and then I'm going to be screwed. So, <laughs> no, so that's it's going to be quite an adjustment period. I'm very interested to in see what, like I said, I, I was very interested in seeing this start start in March. I mean, I'm not happy it happened, but it's been very interesting to watch what's had to happen with all the larger conventions having to cancel. And I'm I'm really interested to see what they're going to do next year because I, I I don't know. I, I I assume most of them are just just praying that this is going to 
quote-unquote go away, which is probably not. But they're trying to figure out, I would assume that places like Gen Con are trying to figure out, look, how, how can we safely have a convention? Maybe not 60,000 people, maybe maybe 30, which is still a lot. I mean, is there a way we can safely do this? Because at a certain point, I think you're going to see a lot of these larger conventions really have, I mean, they have stockholders. These are not, you know, these aren't mom and pops anymore. Gen Con, Origins, Dragon Con, San Diego Comic Con. These are, bi- these are big businesses now. And if, if they're not breaking, uh, breaking or bringing in enough people, um, they're, they're losing money. And when you lose money, you, you run into issues. And you, it's after this three, three or four years of this, you may decide, you know what, we're going to have to throw in the towel. This is just not something we can do anymore. And I think that's interesting for smaller conventions. I have seen a lot of, this is anecdotal, of course, but I've seen a lot of people on Facebook say, look, I'd like to have a small convention, like basically 20 people. Can, who can come here? Uh, would you be willing to be, you know, have your temperature taken, quarantine, this and that, if you could go to a smaller convention like that? And most people are like, sure, that would be really, really fun. Um, you have, obviously, you still have considerations, but you, but the the less amount of people you have, the less of those considerations you have. You're right. Uh, I don't want people to feel like they're safe just because, oh, well, I know these 19 people. And so 20 of us get together, we're fine. Well, that's not always true. Um, yeah. But there, I think there's ways you can do that easier with a smaller group than you obviously can with a group of, you know, 15,000. You, you, you can't. There's a lot of quality control you can't have with 15,000, but you sure as hell can have it with, you know, 15. I uh, think also, oh, go uh, ahead. No, 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 I was, just, I was, was going to throw out there when, when, when you're watching baseball games with fake fans and uh, fake cheers because the stands are emptied, uh, you know that it's a legitimate concern because for, we're talking about corporations like Gen Con and Origins. We're talking about Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA. They're they're in it to make money, and uh, if if they can't make money, they're not they're not going to have a product to give. So for them to give you a product without fans in this in the seats tells you or tells me that uh, this is a real big concern. It's going to be around for a while, and I don't even know. Yay. The NBA, I mean, yeah. for those who are sport who are, who think sports or sports ball for, and I'm I'm a huge sports fan. The fact that that hockey and basketball have a bubble, which is basically all the teams are here, they're not allowed to go anywhere, and we're going to play out the season in the playoffs. It shows you that they they absolutely knew that they had to do this, or that they were just going to have a total wash when it comes to money. They make all their money off the play. They make a lot of their money off the playoffs, and yep. without no playoffs in hockey and and basketball. That was going to be a huge hole in these billionaires' wallets, and so they're like, "Look, what can we do? Let's." Uh, the NBA rented out freaking Disney World. Said, "We're going to rent Disney World. You guys are going to have to all stay here. We're going to put you up in a five-star hotel in Disney World, and you don't go anywhere. And we're going to play games." That 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 right there, like you were saying, Taker, that shows me that they know that this is an issue they're going to have to deal with, and that they're willing to go to pretty much any length that they can to get they've these things. Ba- they've done. basically gone virtual. They've basically gone the way of gaming conventions because you got people watching games from home. Nobody in the fan, no no fans in the seats. Okay. Nobody there to uh, throw uh, paper cups around or, or throw, throw beer around and scream and boo. This is how weird it is. So I'm, I'm a huge Dallas Mavericks fan. I lo- love Luca. Luca Doncic's my, he's my boy now. And he, 
the other game, I'm, I'm watching the game. He does a he does a through his legs behind the back pass to a guy who scores, and and so I guess there's somebody working the crowd, the, the yep. crowd noise, like and there's the a couple of claps, like yeah, and I'm like that would have brought the freaking house down. <laughs> like people would have been like, oh my god, you know. But you're but it's a virtual. Like you said, there's nobody actually there. They have crowd noise, but it's fake crowd noise. It's just generic crowd noise, just so the players can feel like, okay, well, there's actually somebody there. And it's just so jarring when you have a play like that or something spectacular happens and you hear a few polite golf claps. <laughs> You're like, it's, it's, okay, it's the new normal. It's weird. It's, it's, the, is new, it's the new normal for now. See, so. I think that as far as the new normal goes, I think that for, uh, you know, going back to the idea that necessity is the mother of invention and everything like that. And there's, there are, growing number of people that think that we are starting to stagnate on our growth of technology, which is completely controversial and debatable, et cetera. But there are people who believe that if you go and look at suddenly we have a new necessity that hasn't been in our modern world. It's been in previous levels of generations of, uh, of technology and such like that. We have an opportunity now to explore how hybriding stuff like this works, how hybriding events works, because even after COVID ends, you know, we, we have concerns and we also have a shrinking world, a shrinking environment. And so, well, even with that shrinking, a lot of people can't cross the ocean to, to attend an event. So having a hybrid event where you have the physical con where people are showing up and then you have online opportunities for people from, from across the world to actually participate at the convention and do hybrid levels. I think that that can only benefit people as a global culture. I also think that, you know, if this continues, NFL and such like that, they have the deep pockets to actually create a more hybrid situation where people can be buying tickets so that they are showing up, uh, you know, on virtual monitors basically or something so that They'll, they're still going to be sitting there as fans and such like that. And then they can have the camera go pan over and, oh, look, this person bought a ticket to show up. And there could be crazy, well, that, stupid things that people it, want because it sounds stupid, but you'd be surprised how many people would want to do that. You know, it's a yeah. great point because you're right. Because these, these, so this year, sports were, were taken by surprise that they did not know this was going to happen. And that you can see by the, Baseball totally screwed it up. That they waited until the. It's almost they're having sixty game seasons because they didn't get their s together. Um, football has a lot of time to look at this. I think they're going to have a pretty good product come the fall because I think they've been able to look at all the mistakes made. But that is a great point, Alex. Because yes, people will pay money just for the. I mean, when people go to games now, look, the product does not equal the cost. You pay yeah. a lot of money to go to a sports ball game, and. Oh God! I said it. I said sports ball. I hate sports, sports ball. ball. Yes, Mike. <laughs> you're you're one of those people. Now, but yes, they pay the same amount of money to be. Well, when you look, I I I like to watch games on television because I like to see instant replays. I like to see different angles. I don't like in person stuff. I just don't like it. It's too crowded. I have claustrophobia. I don't like all the mess. So yes, this can be something that definitely sports will get will figure out. I think in the next year. And they could pro probably integrate this in very well um, and bring it back to gaming. Uh, this is something that, like, it's the same thing with gaming. Everyone's taken by surprise this year. That This was not on anybody's, you know, agenda. We will have a pandemic and nobody can go to conventions. Um, hopefully next year uh, we'll be a lot better situated to deal with this. We won't have a lot of last minute, you know, if, if we can get off to a start, we're saying, look, we're going to have 
online gaming. We may have some in-person gaming, but it's not going to be very much. It's going to be under certain conditions. Um, but but we're we're going to integrate this. I, th I think there's a lot of ways you can integrate it. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can have. We, we, look, we had games in North Texas with people that were in person and people that were on the screen. You know, yes. I, I know Doug. Doug has a he he runs games at the warehouse once a month. He does whoever's local that feels like they want to attend with a mask will come. But some people just don't feel comfortable. They game online, so he does half of it online, half of it in person. Um, we're going to see a lot more of this from conventions, I think. And I think you're absolutely right, Alice. This, this is something that people with money are going to start figuring out pretty quick. That, that yeah, this is and, what we need to do. Yeah, and I mean, I know people who aren't even huge fans of sports, that they went to sports events just for chances on, of showing up on Kissing Cam. You know, to <laughs> no, like proposing to their significant others. I actually know of a couple that the the husband wasn't that into sports, but the wife was. And so he got, he went and bought them uh, several tickets for several events. And she's like, you don't even like sports. Why am I suddenly being dragged to six different ones? And then on like the fifth one of the events, uh, they got on the kissing cam and he proposed to her. And then he's like, okay, I'm not going to the sixth. <laughs> <laughs> I I got I got it. It's done. I mean, listen, I've gone to. By the way, he didn't understand. If you slip the guy a hundred dollar bill, he'll put you on the kiss cam. He should have figured that one out because they they will absolutely put you on the kiss cam. If you he was not a fan of sports, like I said. Therefore, he did not know that little inside trick. So, for anyone who's trying to do something like that, Bad Mike just gave you a tip: go bribe the guy so you don't have to go through six games. I have a friend that did that. A hundred spot will get you on the kiss cam. There you, you go. You, you I, I, I've been to one sports game, one professional sports game in the last 10 years, and that was uh, last year, Mets, and I actually got a foul ball because it landed right under my seat. Thank God I did not catch it. I probably would have broken my hand. And oh, see, okay. like the foul ball thing, instead of, uh, instead of people catching it, they could raffle it off to whatever people ended up buying virtual tickets for virtual attendance and such. There, there are ways to, you know, get people stuff that they will still want. It's not going to replace the experience, but you can get people to pay you money for ridiculous things is the truth of it. I think the Mets this year, they've put up like if you had like, a season ticket, you could have your your stand in at your seat that looked like you. And if it gets hit by a foul ball, apparently they'll, they'll send you the foul ball or That's a ball. Awesome. Probably well, not the they, ball to hit. They, they, They've got bits going now. I noticed the last baseball game I watched, you know, the weekend at Bernie's, the guy Bernie, right. they had Bernie in one of the seats. I mean, they've got right. bits going now. I mean, so if they've got bits going, they can put your face on a cardboard and stick you out there so you can show your friends. Like, look, man, I was virtually on there. I was behind, behind the pitcher's man. I was behind the, the batter's cage. That was me up there. I mean, yeah, yeah there's – and like I said, bring it back to gaming. There, there's ways you can – you can monetize that for gaming too if you're smart and figure way out ways to do this. I mean, I was thinking San Diego Comic Con; they had a lot of issues this year. Apparently, it did not go very well. Um, a lot of San Diego Comic Con, to be truthful, is, is walking around, seeing people in costume, obviously, and seeing the stars. But uh, I think next year, if they figure it out, what, what I would—I mean, there's a lot of things I would do. I, I would say, look, um, you want to—you know—one of the big things about Com or San Diego Comic Con is you get to see the. The stars like they have a movie, a comic book movie coming out. Um, why don't they do something like next year? Like, hey, uh, for premium tickets, you can uh, get in a chat room or, or you know, and talk to these people one on one. I mean, that, that's something you don't get to do at regular conventions. It's just, it's just too crowded. There's too much stuff going on. There's too many fans there. 
likewise with gaming. I mean, we, we right. had so we had a lot of success with having you know we, we had Tim Cask doing a game, and normally you know Tim Tim Cask is, is at this point he, he's told us he's probably not going to do live conventions anymore at all because just because of health risks, he's had some issues with his cancer, so he's probably not going to do it at all. Um, you you can premium premium these guys like Jim Ward and. Tim Cask, who are not going to show up for live conventions anymore, but guess what? We can get them online, and you can game with them online face-to-face. I actually have already been dealing with conventions where people were doing stuff like that. People were not paying a premium, but for authors and creators and designers and such, you could get into small chat rooms for for special events with them. Uh, Realize that, for example, in Discord, you have a 25-person limit on video chatting in a channel, but you can set up automations to basically when you start, you know, filling up one channel, you can create more and stuff like that. And so people can be jumping channels or, again, like we were talking about the creators where they were having their booths and you could jump in and talk to them and you can create small little spaces in zoom where you do a breakout room. So you can have basically this open signing or like this open screening. One of the events that I was uh, attending and helping out with, there was, um, it was, they were doing a lot of video screenings uh, and for upcoming movies and stuff like that. And uh, you could get to talk with certain parts, certain parts of the cast or team that created it and, you know, watching the screening and all that. And then afterwards there was this VIP thing where you could just basically uh, get taken out of that zoom uh, webinar and put into a breakout room to talk to them at a, you know, five on one or three on one kind of situation. Uh, so it's already being done. It's just a matter of more people uh, utilizing these tools and it's foreign tools. These tools are very foreign to a very large group of people right now because Gaming, uh, our type of gaming, tabletop role-playing games, have not classically been utilizing these tools. It's not so. This is relatively new to the crowd, and once it isn't, there's a lot of tech people that work in gaming. There's the joke. Uh, I was recently hanging out and watching uh, some so, some friends of mine were talking about the fact that you know if you're in gaming, you either are going to be really tech savvy or you break tech just by walking into a room. Mm-hmm. But we have a, there are a lot of people who are able to create a lot of things and structures and such. We now have a new age of necessity. So let's start pushing that tech. There's already mm-hmm. a lot of tools. I've, I've recently seen that with my own eyes in the past five months. I've interacted with it. I've built, uh, built structures for it. It's, it's actually pretty amazing. Damn. Well, I think um, we've covered. I, I think we, we've covered a lot of it too. I, 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 I think between the three of us, we've found the solutions for online conventions in the future, if we can only uh, have somebody implement our solutions. What, Mike? We even, you know, what's funny is so we, we, uh, we didn't even get to our Onyx publishing story that we'll have to cover next week. Oh but, yeah, uh, no, yeah. I, I'm sure Onyx will will come uh, up with something, some some other. If not them, Wizards of the Coast will yeah, will step in the burning bag of shit again. Now, and we'll have... There's a pretty big bit about Watsi today. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, no, no. Okay, hold on a second. Please, please. Be, ge- be, gentle, when you, be gentle when you tell me. Because I, 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 haven't, I haven't posted a blog post yet for the day. So we'll, let's see if my heart can handle this. 
All right, now let's go. Give us. Uh, so Wizards of the Coast, after a bunch of things that's happened in 2018, as you know, WotC has officially come out and said uh, that ACD is no longer an option and all of that is being cut. And since they are a very large percentage of ACD's distribution, uh, that is going to really change and shake up the current industry on that kind of stuff. Well, you know, mm -hmm. well, now, yeah, because uh, I don't know how if you're into comics or much, Alice, I, I assume you're- Oh, I'm very into comics. Yeah, well, you heard about the big uh, diamond thing that happened this year. That was huge. Yes. That, that changed up the whole, uh, so this is really interesting. This has a chance to do pretty much with the diamond deal so for those who don't know well, diamond distribution pretty much has a monopoly on comic um distribution and, yeah. and they did not ship this year because of different reasons and they would not issue refunds so i think it was dc they came out this year after comics started being published after a three-month layoff and said we're not using diamond anymore, which is yeah size dc cut them absolutely seismic industry so yeah this this is the same but this is the same deal with uh Watsy. But if yeah, but if you also keep in uh, keep track of everything going on with that kind of stuff, DC cutting uh, cutting them was as bad for DC as it was for Diamond because all of a sudden, like I've got friends that are talking, um, friends and comic book shop owners talking about the fact that now a three dollar comic literally costs them eight or nine bucks to get into a store, and not only that, but. DC is now struggling so much. They just laid off a third of their force. DC oh, Universe is about to die, stuff like that. There's a lot of things going on in rapid domino effect. Wow. And a lot of it does trace back to what started with Diamond. So, yeah, this this a, this thing with Watsy and distribution, this is going to be something we need to watch closely because, yeah, this, this has some very interesting things that may come out of this. So uh, de definitely... Um, because if you don't have a distribution network set up and you get rid of your distribution network, you got you're going to have issues, major issues. I, and, and I don't know if people if they think they're saving money sometimes by doing this. And you, as like you said, Allison, in DC's case, because Warner is having major financial issues. I mean, Disney is too yeah. right now, but not as bad. Warner is just getting hammered. They they cut whole divisions out of DC Comics. They, they laid off, like you said, about a third of their employees. They're having major, major problems, and then this is just the tip of the iceberg. So I don't think, I, I mean, I don't assume Watsy's sales are in the toilet or anything. I think this is just probably maybe just a money-saving measure on their part. Um, but it bears watching, definitely. Interesting. Yeah, it's um, right. and it's actually you know, but yeah, the thing is pretty. Bleh. Alice brought brought actual news to the table here. Yeah. Wasn't just us talking crit. It wasn't something stupid. It was just it was just actual news this time too. Yeah. Usually yeah. It's from from what I understand, the first announcement of it was about six days ago. But like the past week, there's been a lot of talk of it, and then so like it's really like hitting hard that this is what's happening now. Watsi's like, yep, this is what's going on. We are done with them and they're done with us. Uh, this whole two years of what, what's going on is over. We're done, done, done. So uh, that's going to affect the industry uh, and our hobby because even if you're not playing D Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons makes up a lot of the baseline for our hobby and a, it brings a lot of people to the table. It's almost like it's all shifting to Amazon because everybody's getting delivered. I mean, I I was huge on Amazon before COVID, but now I get Amazon fresh from my my 
food deliveries because I'm not going to the supermarket. So, uh, yeah. yeah. My, our new master is Amazon. I want my gaming material, Amazon. Oh, wait a second. Isn't no, no, no. It's company? Amazon and drive-thru. Drive-thru, remember. Right. Drive-thru. That, right. The ones that take 30% yeah. of everything you make. Drive-thru. No, no. They take 35% if you're not exclusive. I'm True. not exclusive. I'm okay, not sure. exclusive. The ones that take 35% off of everything you make, yep. they are the big giants in, as well, you know? Yep. Because uh, when, when well, I set up uh, Continual no, Light for, for Print on Demand, I couldn't get uh, drive through to read the damn files properly. But Amazon was like, oh, sure, no problem. So uh, Continual Light's available on uh, Amazon, but not on drive through and Print on Demand. I'm gonna give a pass today because I did the right thing for you. For oh no! Try it! No, try it! Listen, I give, I give them. Uh, that'll be today's blog post. I'll give a pass today. I mean, we'll, we'll hammer them next time if they do something. Yeah, no, the, certainly they, they. No, they they were actually quick and responsive. So, yep. uh, but maybe the quick and responsive because as as Alice put it, pointed out, might have been uh, prior trolls retrolling. So uh, it was like, oh gee, wait a second. We know these. Stamp them out. Just take them all down. Stamp them out. Wow, uh, we we have hit an hour and twenty minutes, and I feel like we just started. Thank because you so you much for inviting me. I had a lot of fun talking to you guys, uh -oh. and well, that's Thank why I show up as much as I do talking to you guys in other venues. Well, uh, Alice, you are always welcome to join us. I mean, yeah. you know, Mike's willing. Mike's willing to bring his tablet again another time and take a back seat. Uh -huh. I don't Otherwise, want Mike to take a back seat. Mike's fun. No, I know. Mike is fun. I I, I love him. He can't stop. Well, actually, <laughs> we'd like to have Brandon on sometime, too, because he may have some tales to tell about, about Alice. That we oh, yeah. Could... Uh oh, she see, got quiet. Oh, she yeah, didn't see, like that. See, <laughs> see, Mike already knows all the dirt about me because he's worked conventions oh. with Rachel. So he's heard all my dirty secrets. All I can say is if he has dirt on me, I have dirt on him. Ooh. Oh, there we go. Back-to-back -back episodes, Mike. Back-to-back -back episodes. Yep. That's how we got to do it. You know that, right? Well, Alice, thank you so much. It's, this was a lot of fun. I really oh, enjoyed yes. I mean, I enjoy yeah. Mike, but this was better. I really enjoyed hanging out with you two as well. And so I show up on Tank Cars whenever I can. So thank well, you so do. much for inviting me. We do appreciate it. You're oh, you're welcome. But listen, if you ever have something that you want to talk about, it's something that's going on in the industry, and you're like, oh wow, I'd really like to talk some uh, talk some shit. I mean, crit with uh, uh, Eric and Mike. Just just message one of us. We'll we'll, we'll get you on. This Noted. Thank you. All right. I try and be pretty positive, as you can tell. Though I try and be pretty positive no, about no, it. No, no, no. Believe me, I understand that. Uh, I, I'm the I'm the negative ninny in the group here. I I got you. I have a, I have important news. I just have important news I have to tell you real quick too. Yes, yes. Oh, um, my my internet just came back up. Yay! Oh. Okay, I, so I, we're extending this another hour. Off. I heard off off air. Nobody gets to hear us. Uh, All right. Well, at that on that note, anything to pimp, Mike? Anything, Bueller? Bueller? Um, no, except that um. Uh, Frog God Game Days coming next month. Um, we're we're going to talk Rocky at some point. We haven't had a chance to do that yet. Um, uh, what else do we? Uh, oh, what else? Yeah. Oh, Al uh, Babies with Knives. Check out Babies with Knives. I did not know Alice. I was told uh, about Babies with Knives. I watched it. I was absolutely. I loved it. So, um, if you have a chance, check it out. Um, 
that I just I, I really like the whole format. I like the whole show. I, I like Brandon. I like Allison. Thank you um, so much. Was, Thank you. That's, and that's, I will be at NerdBurgerCon this weekend, uh, GMing and uh, participating in a writers panel. So if you guys want to check out NerdBurgerCon this weekend, make sure you go and find info on it uh, all over the internet at the moment. Uh, about dropping some info for them. No, no, that that's. Two thumbs, I give two thumbs up and then I drop my, my laptop. Uh, as we were doing this podcast, I got a message that the initial layout of uh, Torchlight number one is uh, kind of laid out, but it's initial layout because not everything's submitted, but Bad Mike stuff is submitted. And nice. I think I, and I think my Jane Spawn stuff is submitted. And then I got to oh, submit a- my stuff, and I think I have Skeeter stuff. Oh my god, that's scary! Skeeter yeah. stuff. Torchlight two, Torchlight two, you mean? You've got Torchlight one on. No, no, no. Premier uh, Torchlight the first, the quote first issue, the premiere issue was like uh, I, I consider it like when comic books were issue giving you a uh, oh, the zero issue. Uh, no, like an ash can copy oh. or zero issue zero. The actual uh-huh. first episode, first issue that's going to be quarterly should be out the beginning of September and then quarterly after that. So oh, yes, yay. yes. So, uh, woohoo! All right, folks. As always, thank you so much for for joining us, listening in. Uh, Bad Mike and I do this because we just have a blast doing it. We really do. And give us feedback for the next episode. I promise, or Bad Mike will virtually kick my ass. We will have an email so you can abuse Bad Mike and myself. On that note. Or just make sure you join their Discord so that you can abuse yeah. them live. Seriously, yeah, yeah. join Tankard. Uh, Tankard's Tavern Discord. You can get a join link on tankardstavern.com. Join us, abuse us. We'd love to have you. Thanks again. Later, Bye. folks. <laughs>